What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Uh, I enjoy doing this this show because it's all about getting through your hard times to reach your goals and the fulfillment in life. And you can't do that without going through some rain here and there. So I appreciate the time that you're giving me today, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or evening. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the stories that we share on this podcast. Joining me today, I'm really excited about this episode, Robert Smith, ladies and gentlemen. You might know him, uh, Clemson, <laughs> all, <laughs> Clemson football, and really gets been killing the game afterwards. Yeah. We're going to jump into your, your story, but Rob, man, first and foremost, thanks for coming out. No, nah, man, I appreciate it, man. No problem. Anytime I can do anything to help, just let me know. Yeah, definitely. Well, we, we have a lot of different listeners who may or may not be football fans, right? Yeah. So they might think, okay, this name Robert Smith, I don't really know it. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself? Let them know uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, man. Um, Robert Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm from uh, St. George, South Carolina. A lot of people know it as kind of like Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, came up to Clemson 2011 uh, on a full academic scholarship and football. So football, um, a- a athletic scholarship. Um, played uh, Clemson uh, from 11 through 14. I was a health science major with a pre-professional concentration uh, with a minor in athletic leadership. Uh, was a two and a half year starter at Clemson. Uh, played safety. Um, uh, actually, I was offered as a uh, athlete I was a quarterback all my entire life and mm-hmm. just kind of made that transition and um I left uh Clemson um after my senior year in the draft uh had a short stint in the in the league with uh the Colts and also Seattle and um came back and now I'm uh, a business owner I own uh, a franchise uh, two franchises uh publication that goes to all seven cliffs communities it's all uh, exclusive to those residents of the cliffs and also uh, ramping up my second uh, franchise on so my second publication uh, which would be clemson living um and it's going to go to the top four affluent neighborhoods um, in clemson nice man and i definitely got to unpack this story because yeah this is a true no rain no rainbow story and i love to say this quote you know jesus take the wheel right? oh yeah definitely i got the gas pedal <laughs> but you, you need to take the wheel so i guess let's start from the beginning st george south carolina Played high school, uh, Woodland High School. Yep. Right? Yep. Talk about playing high school, Woodland High School, quarterback, owning the game, and the scholarships that came your way, man. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Um, It was just one of those things, like, as a kid, you know, you're just dreaming and dreaming and, you know, just waiting for your day to come. And I remember, you know, I come from a very small town. I mean, when I say very small town, I remember I came to Clemson, everybody called it small. It was, like, huge to me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, very small town. Not many people ever went to go play D1. Matter of fact, the only person that I know of and many records of was Ty Hill, which actually my cousin that played at Clemson as well. He was, um, he ended up being our first round draft pick to the Rams in 05. Um, but come from a very small town. Um, and so my dream was like, man, I remember every time my dad would, uh, sometimes if my sister didn't ride the bus, he'll take her to school. And there's this little opening that I saw the football field, the high school I was going to go to. And I was like, man, one day I'm going to own that field, man. One day I'm I'm just going to dominate. I said that almost every single time we rode by that field. And um, I'll never forget, you know, um, as I started getting older, I started getting better and better. Uh, I just really started putting my focus in sports. And um, my, my life really changed around like seventh or eighth grade. I really just was just watching TV one day. Uh, matter of fact, it was I was watching Ty get drafted, 
And um, I just made a decision right then and there. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to play in the NFL. I saw Ty get drafted. I want to say like 15th that year. And uh, I turned the TV off. And me and my dad just went in the yard. I told him, anything I got to do, uh, schoolwork, uh, eating right, working out, I'm completely dedicated. And uh, me and him just shook. My dad's my best friend. We just shook hands. He gave me a hug and said, let's do it. Yeah. Um, then um, my ninth grade year. I ended up being the starting quarterback, um, uh, which people don't realize that was kind of unheard of a yeah. little bit while ago. Now it's, it's a really norm thing, but it wasn't many freshmen starting that quarterback. And then I'm be honest with you with the stereotype, like, oh, you know, he's going to be an option quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't run the option. We threw the ball. And I'm telling like we had like 100 plays every round uh, with Coach Sharpie. Yeah. Um, but was this varsity? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I started playing varsity baseball when I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, started playing varsity basketball when I was in eighth grade, and started playing varsity uh, football when I was in ninth grade. I never played JV sport ever, nice. uh, so it was one of those things that you know a lot of people are like. Oh, he's fourteen years old; he's gonna get hurt out there. Uh, but my mind was so made up; I didn't care. I, it was something that I dreamed of, and I was like, I'm gonna make the best of it. So end up like my freshman year, uh, I really had a good year, I, and I'm a very humble person, so it's hard for me to really even talk about this. But uh, I, I had a really good year. I mean, my freshman year, uh, I think I threw through over twenty five thousand, not twenty five thousand, twenty five hundred yards, over twenty eight touchdowns. I re- rushed for over seven hundred yards and twelve touchdowns as a freshman. And uh, and then the next year, I came back at it again. I threw for over three thousand yards, over um, over uh, thirty touchdowns that year, and rushed for over twelve hundred yards that year. About fifteen touchdowns, rushing touchdowns that year. Uh, so everything was going good, man. You know, um, I was I was thriving in high school. My dream was coming true. Um, and the thing was, I knew nobody was outworking me. You talking about a guy yeah. who was so committed, and that 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 day that me and my dad made that bond and said, "Let's do it." I'll never forget. Uh, it was varsity baseball, and uh, our girls' basketball team um, was in the playoffs, and it was like going to the third round or something like that. And I came home from baseball practice. And um, my dad was like, what you about to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to go to the to the game. <laughs> he was like, no, you're not. Like, what do you mean by that? He yeah. was like, um, you're going to go in this yard. You're going to pull the sled. Man, I was like, no, I want to go to the game. I don't yeah. want to pull the sled. I'm crying. I'm boo-hoo crying. I'm mad at him. <laughs> and then, um, man, I just start pulling that thing and I just start feeling it. Something just overcame my and I just And I love the fact that I did that. And I, honestly, that day when I did that, it kind of changed my mindset because I still made it in time for the game. I was second round. But my dad just said, pull it 10 times, 10 times, 50 yards, yeah. and you out of here. Yeah. And then just putting that mindset, it always changed my mindset when it came to working out. Like, all I got to do is just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And I just do it now. Stop complaining and get it done with, and you can continue on what you want to do. Um, but, yeah. And then after that, my junior year, uh, that's when a tragic hit happened for the first time. Um, uh, started off really strong. Uh, man, I was having a year. Uh, it was very disappointing because um, my first game, I never forget. We used to do this relay before we played every game, like on um, Thursday or Wednesday. I pulled my hamstring really bad. Never pulled mm. my hamstring ever. And um, so we played Timberland like that year, and that was like really our arch rival. Like, man, I can't stand Timberland. Everybody Timberland Woodland. Um, a lot, they had, uh, all these high, uh, D1 prospects, um, that the, the year before they beat us. 
and I, I just wasn't the same. I couldn't run. My hamstring was really bad. Then we ended up going back. Uh, we got back on track. Uh, still throwing for a lot of yards, throwing for a touchdown, but we were losing. And then uh, we ended up playing uh, Burns High School. Yeah. Now, we were a 2A school now. Burns, this is the glory days. When I said the glory days, uh, Chase Dodd and um, Marcus Lattimore, basically they had a college team out there. <laughs> and um, and we got blowed out like 85 to 8. Yeah. But that day uh, I had a lot of colleges out there looking at me. And I was a kickoff returner. I never gave up. I got hit the hardest ever in my life. And I'll never forget this coach said, he was recruiting me. He said, you know, we watched Everett Gosen, which Everett Gosen was a quarterback Myrtle Beach, went on to play at Notre Dame. And he quit. You never quit. You went back at him. You kept playing. That's what we like about you. You know what? We see the heart that you had. But in my mind, I was just trying to show the world, like, man, I might be a, a, a big fish in a small pond, but I can play. Um, but anyway, went on. Uh, I ended up tearing my ACL that year. That's mm-hmm. when everything – I mean, it was just a, it was just a bad year. You know, it was just one of those things, like, everything was going sideways. And I tore my ACL, and I was out. And I'll never forget that. My coach was just joking. It was like an assistant coach. And uh, he was like, yeah, Robert, you're just going to be a falling star. Oh, no. Man, my heart never hurt so bad because I knew how much I put inside of this. But those same words, yeah, words always made me work harder. I never complained. When somebody said something, I didn't argue back. I was like, oh, okay, all yeah. right. Now I never worked so hard. Worked through my physical therapy, came back. Uh, but not only that, um, around my junior year, um, so obviously I was a quarterback, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm 5'11", yeah. on a good day. Well, I want to <laughs> unpack that because <laughs> – and you know you, I know you say you're humble, but before the ACL tear, you had some scholarships coming your way. Yeah, you had a lot of schools that were looking at you and and kind of saying, "Oh, you know, we want you." Yeah, you know. So, what was that for like in terms of your mindset and your mentality? When I mean, you're a junior and you already have colleges that are kind of saying, "Hey, come on, come on down," and then that tragic, that tragic ACL happened. Yeah. Um. So. I had about 12 scholarship offers at that time. And I, I won't even say all the schools that it was. It really doesn't matter at this point. I had about 12 scholarship offers. And um, like I said, I tore my ACL. And no lie, every single school except for one school took their scholarship back. Mm. I had schools coming to visit me that didn't know I tore my ACL, wouldn't even offer me. So you're talking about a guy hurt. You know, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to play that. But not only that, I want to do it for my dad, too. So um, it was one school that never contacted me to talk about, you know, we want to wait and see how he was uh, his senior year. But now I'm a quarterback. Most quarterbacks commit junior year yeah, because you want to get on the team fast. Uh, you want to make you reserve your spot. Um, so anyway, um, it was Clemson. Clemson was the only school that didn't take back the scholarship offer. So I remember I wouldn't even go to the games. I was like, man, I'm not going to no recruiting visit. I don't want them to find out. Maybe they just don't know. Like, selfish. I mean, crazy enough, you know, they know everything. Yeah. Um, but the same school that told me that on September 1st of my junior year, because that's when you officially can have a scholarship offer, like it's an official offer, you're going to have an offer in the mailbox from Clemson University. They told me that going into my sophomore year. Every school was telling me this. Eventually, they came around. I got home from school September 1st, and it had an envelope with a paw on it saying, see you offer. So just going back fast forward, I'm like, man, like, 
this must be a, this this is God process of elimination for me. You know, like it is is no question where I need to go. So any, anyway, of course, I end up going back, having a good senior year and killing it. And then I had all these schools crawling back, mm-hmm. you know, want, want to offer me. I just like, no, you know, God already made that decision for me. But How'd you bounce back. Uh, from what, like from from the injury to come back, like your senior year? What was that driving? Because any athlete that might be listening right now, or yeah. anyone that goes through like an injury or a setback, yeah. the, the bounce back is is really you know your return. Yeah, you know that. So you come back to that stage. What was your mindset in, in the rehab and all that? Man, I was honestly, I just want to prove everybody wrong, and I'll just be completely honest. Um, man, my my best friend, my dad. And um, my dad made a lot of sacrifices when man when I was little, and also for his family. So one of the main thing for me was like, man, I gotta do it for him. I gotta do it for me. And so you, anytime I talk about my dad, you go see me get a little emotional. Like, yeah. That's 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 my best friend. Um, but every single day, I'll never forget. I went and got a picture of him when he played football in high school. So you see the emotions coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put it on my dresser every single day. I woke up. I mean, I studied every – I mean, to the point I, – I looked at how he held the ball when he was taking – just posing for a simple picture. Yeah. Um, but every day I look, I, I just looked at that picture. And my dad made so many sacrifices. You know, my dad was a single dad raising two kids. And my mom was always always in my life and all. But he was a, that was rare. You didn't see many single dad raising two kids, never remarried or anything like that. And I just saw the sacrifices he did. And I just always told myself, how could I ever give up? Mm-hmm. And how could I never be my best when he never he never gave up on me and he always gave beyond his best every single time. Um, that was my huge driving factor with my dad, to be honest with you. Um, it's the first time I saw my dad cry wow. when um, he found out I had to have surgery. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those things. Like, he was a huge driving factor uh, when it came to that. Um, but also I would have to say just wanting to be my best, and, and, and it was all God. Yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. Um, God, first and foremost, it was God. You know, um, I got in a wreck that year, my first wreck in high school. I flipped head over end uh, in a Dodge Durango, 100 yards. Wow. And I landed on four wheels, got out, nothing was wrong at all. If you saw the car, you would think I was dead. But that's the first time I ever heard God really speak to me. You know, he, I remember just hitting my head, boom, you're going to be all right, boom, you're going to be all right. The last one, I'm trying, I feel I'm about to go unconscious. He's like, it's the last one. You got it. The last one hit on four wheels facing the other way. I remember just looking around. So obviously I had this ACL injury. I had to start to climb out the car. Everything's fine. Yeah. The only thing that um, I had some glass in my hand and in my hair, and that's about it, you know. <laughs> um, but um, it, it was more than anything I would tell people. Um, you hear me say it time and time and time again. I may have not gotten it exactly how I wanted it, but God always gave me what I wanted it mm-hmm. uh, or, or what I want. Um, so um, I didn't get to college how I want. I thought I was going to be a quarterback. I still made it to college. Yeah. I didn't get to the pros how I want. I, my career didn't go exactly how I wanted it. I still got it. Um, it was just my, my testament. I always tell people, you know, you can believe what you want to be, believe, but uh, God always will be the, the – that my main driving force yeah. is my main pillar in life. So you, so you bounce back. Yeah. Senior year, you come back, and the schools that at once kind of took away the scholarship. Yeah. You know, you're on the stage. You have a stellar senior year. You, you kind of mentioned you got to college. Yeah. So what was that like your senior year and those those scholarships coming back? I turned it down. 
I'm be completely honest with you, I turn them down. If you go on Rivals, if you go on all these uh, recruiting websites, which I call a joke, and I don't mean to say that out of disrespect, you know, uh, just because the reason why I say that, I was raised out of three-star safety, and no one had film on me as a safety. How can you rate me as a safety if you had no idea I can play safety? Why would you rate me as a three-star safety? Why not a two-star? Why not a four-star? Why not a five-star? Um Everybody called, and I just—I was completely honest with them. I'm like, I'm going to Clemson. Uh, you can recruit me, um, but it's going to be a waste of your time. Um, so, a lot of time, how these recruiting services—they judge you by your stars based off of uh, how many scholarship offers you got. Well, most of the time, you saw two scholarship offers, which was Georgia and Clemson. I never turned away Georgia because they didn't offer me during that time, so I thought it was fair. Um, but. Uh, that's really just what happened, man. It was just yeah. it, when they when they kept calling. Um, I won't say which school in particular. Uh, I never forget. I got back from the east, um, the north south uh, all star game. I had a school set in my chair at school, and it just so happened I was decked out in Clemson warm up. And then he was like, "Man, we don't got a chance." Like, nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I made up my mind. Yeah, it was just man. Um, but. For anybody that's out there, I can always give a testament, man. It, it wasn't just Clemson. I'll be honest with you, it was Dabo Sweeney. And when I say that, you know, a lot of people always ask me, is he really who he is? And I always tell people, you ask a million people who ever asked me this question, I said, man, if he's faking, he need an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, because the day that I called him on January 15th, 2010, I called Coach and uh, I was like, man, I'm ready to be a Tiger. I'm ready to commit. And he told me, he said, listen, I want you to, I want to make sure this is something you want to do because to let you know, this is not a commitment for three years, four years, or five years. This is a commitment for life. Hmm. And when he said that, something just hit home. And, uh, man, you're talking about a guy who just straight forward with me. The guy told me if I tear my other ACL, he still wanted me. It was something that... Just, I knew that I was supposed to be there. I knew that this was a per, this was a school and and a, a, a human being that cared about me as a person, not just as a football player. Um, and he stuck true to that. I mean, I can nice. I can text him right now. He's gonna text me back, even if it's just some emojis. You know, uh, that's just who he is. Um, but yeah, it was things like that, man. Yeah. So you get into Clemson and you hit the transition. You go from quarterback. This is what you know. Yeah. So now you got to switch to the other side of the ball. What was that like? That was difficult. Um, that, that was hard. Um, <laughs> even though I was going there and I knew I was going there to nine times out of ten to play DB, Coach Sweeney didn't even know what he wanted me to play, to be honest with you. He told me I was going to be running back, uh, linebacker, safety. Um, but it ended up working out to be a safety. Uh, that's where their need was at the most. Um but it was tough. I remember getting there, and the first day of practice uh, of skills and drills we had, and it was like offense this way, defense that way. I went towards offense because that's what I did my entire life, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm defense." But not only that, I mean, just from the little things of like writing plays, I'm used to writing it from the offensive side of the ball, and then not drawing it from defense. And not only that, like, so I went to a small high school, so we didn't really watch film, and uh, just looking at the playbook and seeing a Y and a U. Why are you? And then we didn't even have a tight end in high school, so I definitely was lost. You know, like we and then we call our receivers like one, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. Uh, so not like X, Y, and Z, and R, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, the transition, 
when I say, and I, it seems like it was hard, it was hard probably mentally because I was allowing myself to say, man, I'm a quarterback. I'm Clemson going to eventually move me to quarterback. I knew I can play like I, I'm better than these guys. Mm-hmm. And of course I never moved to, to, to quarterback. Um, but the most surprising thing was for me was my will. When everyone was telling me like, you're going to get redshirted. You never played. And all these recruiting sites were like, oh, he'll get redshirted. He'll get redshirted. And maybe I should have got redshirted. Uh, but it's something that the coaches saw in me to say, hey, we, we can play this guy. We can win with this guy. We need to, you know, use him on our football team right now. Um, but honestly, the, the biggest thing that I had to really get over was uh, where God placed me at. I need to thrive where he placed me at right then and there. Um, I'll never forget my sophomore year. I had the absolute worst practice I ever could have, mm-hmm. ever. It was against Georgia Tech 2012. Brent Venables is the is the defensive coordinator. It's his first time playing the option team like this. But for some reason, I cannot practice. I mean, for two days straight, going the wrong way. And everybody knows Georgia Tech, they got the triple option. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget Coach Sweeney chewed me out the hardest I ever got chewed out my entire life. I, I mean, I felt like I was one inch high. And then I remember – just telling myself, like, man, you can't be great. You can't be what you because you won't let go to pass. You are not a quarterback anymore. Yeah. The minute that you let go that you're not a quarterback, you're going to be better. That day I let it go. I mean, I start playing more as a sophomore. Everything just went my way. And that's why I always tell people, man, like, just trust trust God. Trust where you're going. At. Trust your situations. And, you know, like, it's not always what we think we're going to do. It's all, you just got to go to path and, and, and play the hands that God's dealt you. Do you think that struggle was you kind of resisting kind of oh, yeah. the, the natural path of things where you know, God's kind of pushing you this way and you're mm-hmm. kind of holding back and that's where you kind of came came out of sync a little bit? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I, I think that's the reason why as a, as a freshman I could have played more. And, and, I, I, and I give Clemson the credit. They wanted me to play. And was I ready? I probably wasn't just ready. And they probably knew that. But they saw something in me. But I was so resistant because – in my mind, I was like, man, I, I, I can play quarterback. I mean, I was still like <clears throat> in my in my dorm room, dropped back a little bit. I was like, I'm going to be ready. Like yeah. something, something might happen. I might have a play. opportunity. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, obviously that never came. Uh, but the minute I let that go and just like, man, let me thrive in the situation I'm in now. Let me be the best I can be playing safety at Clemson University wearing number tw- uh, 27. Uh, let me be that guy. Yeah. So you end up having a, a great career at Clemson and the 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 chance to get into the NFL. What was that like? I mean, you're now you're at the point, you're mm-hmm. so close, you can taste it, you can smell it, you even yeah. get a phone call about it. Yeah. So um my junior year, that's when I became a full time starter. And I mean it's here. It's here. I, I mean I'm so nervous and if you go back and look at this film uh, it was Georgia, it was 2013. We played Georgia here. I'll never forget that's the biggest game I ever played in, uh, like fan wise. I mean, Death Valley was shaking. I mean, the first quarter, you can't even, we couldn't even watch film because the camera was moving that much. Um, I was so excited that uh, I wasn't on the field for the first play. Uh, luckily, it was a penalty. Um, but then I go on, obviously, through my career and, um, I am doing real good. I think I have a good career. I think everything is going the right way. Uh, I have some people telling me that I'm going fifth round, third round. Um, not only that, I saw myself as a real productive safety. I felt like I was really reliable. If I wasn't like a starter in the NFL, I'd be at least a, a reliable um, special teamer. And um, everything's going great. And um, you can ask anybody, man. 
And I'll be completely honest, the only person I felt like I could not outwork, you would never ever hear me say this in my life. Only person I think I could not outwork was Grady Jarrett, which was my roommate. You talking about somebody who was, and he deserved every dime he's getting now because I saw what this guy did and I knew what I did. But um, you talking about a guy who ate right, who studied hard. I mean, we we was required to get like 10 hours of study. I was doing 15 um, I was doing extra, everything extra. I mean, I was after practice and everything. Um, senior year, uh, it all started. Um, I noticed all these, these, these agents wasn't really after me, but it didn't really bother me because it great. It wasn't really after Grady like that. And I'm, I'm out, not like, man, he, he's the guy. So maybe, maybe just how it goes, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I ain't going down to Tony Villani or XPE and I'm training and, um, uh, I ain't getting my, everybody's like, man, you got the combine invite? I was like, no. What invite? Like, what you talking about? They already sent that out. <laughs> like, where I'm at? Now, I'll never forget, like, Gary Peters got it. I mean, like, I think I could, you know, I'm worthy of one of the best safeties. I mean, you talking about a guy, you know, consistently I had 80-plus tackles and no missed assignments or anything like that. Um, always graded out, like, 85 or better. Really reliable. Um, anyway, um, then I didn't get invited to the combine. That really, really hit me hard. I was like, man, like. The best players get invited to the combine. So yeah. do the NFL and not see me as the best player. What does that say about you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like what what's really going on? And then um then we go to Pro Day. So mm-hmm. I was fighting these speculations. Everybody was like, Oh, like Robert runs a four seven. I'm like, I would not be playing safety at Clemson if I ran a four seven. Yeah. So, I mean, I never forget when I ran my 40 at Pro Day, I knew I ran fast. I knew I, I beat it, uh, whatever people thought. I look up at the the scoreboard that had the time. It said 4, four five, 5 Every scout, most of the scouts said they had me at like a four four eight. Oh, wow. And then so uh, I knew I could run a four four eight. But the thing is, like, I never really had a chance at Clemson to show that. If you go go back to my high school film, you'll see why Clemson recruited me because they knew, like, man, this guy got some speed. He's talented. Not, you yeah. know, like, he can he can play. But anyway, <clears throat> so I'm like, oh, man, stock's going up. You know, I ran a 4, a four um four four eight four five. Um, I'm about to – I jumped a 10-1 in a broad jump. I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I, like, did, never got a private workout. Mm-hmm. Never. You don't get a private workout. Something ain't right. They're not looking at you. Yeah, like, man, something like something ain't right. So I like, you know, just trust God, trust God, trust God. Well, anyway, then I go through um, NFL Combine coming up. Um, and I'm hearing from one team in particular. I just know I'm going to get drafted by them. Not going to say it. You probably heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know. And they're telling me, we're going to get you. We love you. We love you. Like, blah, blah, blah. Fifth round comes around, I get a phone call like Robert. We 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 got a, we got a spot. Just be ready. And trading the pick. So anyway, just to fast forward everything. Obviously, Grady's gotten drafted by now. Friends getting drafted. We got Bradley Pinion, who's a punter, got drafted in the yeah. fifth round. So I'm like, oh my god, like what's going on? Staring at the phone. Right? Yeah, staring at the phone, and it's like, I mean, it's just devastating. Like this really is about to happen. Like this is this is what's going on. And then um. And then I'll, I'll never forget, I got the phone call from this team saying, hey, we're going to draft you with this next pick. Like, all right, cool. You know, it's, it's late. It's, it don't matter. You know, like, you know, God's plan. Next thing you know, um, they said with 
the 240 something or 250 something pick. They had like almost the third to last pick. Um, the such and such, don't say, uh, selects Ryan Murphy, safety, Oregon State. Uh-huh. You talking about somebody heart just drops. And I'm like, man, they just told me. I mean, my family had the hats on and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like, what just happened? And uh, so I've, obviously I go undrafted and I sign a deal to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Yeah. So. so you go through the workouts and you're going up and down. You're trying to get into the league. What was that experience like? And what was the, I guess, the the breaking point before you transitioned from pushing for success in, in one in one arena to realizing man. your success is somewhere else? That's when life got hard. I'm going to be honest. I thought what I went through, I thought the ACL deal was hard. Um, this is when the reality of what you hear about the NFL woke me up. It, it really uh, – it was the hardest thing I ever did in my life, the absolutely hardest, uh, the most emotions that I ever dealt with. Um, so, obviously, I go to the Colts, and um, – <laughs> I'm like the seventh safety there. Don't even know it because I go, you know, I, I mean, you you go wherever you where you go, go to the coach. I mean, I was killing it. I, I felt like I was killing. It. Even the coaches were telling, scouts was telling me because what people don't realize in the NFL, the scouting doesn't stop. They scout you and look at you every day at practice. They they they're trying to find a reason to let you go. They're trying to find a reason for them to bring another guy in every single day. They're working somebody out. And when you're the man at the bottom of the roster. Mm-hmm. That never gets off your mind. You could say your, you could tell yourself, "It's just my world. I'm just going to do what I." No, you know, you see those people. You know that person, man. I, I remember that guy. That guy's safety. You had yeah, the clipboard. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and then, um, anyway, and then you you're a free agent. You know, you mean it, 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 it is what it is. Well, anyway, and then um, what ended up happening is um, I go through camp. And it's like the second week in camp. We about to play Philadelphia Eagles. I'll never forget because Philadelphia Eagles are my favorite team. If you're out there, call me right now. I'm ready to play. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll always play for the Eagles. I don't care what. I'm, I'm ready. I'm still working out. <laughs> um, but then uh, I'll never forget. It was, uh, <laughs> it was my day off. <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was like a Tuesday or a Monday. I can't remember. And I'm sitting down. I'm sitting in the, like the lounge of the of, of the dorm we was at it was in Anderson, Indianapolis, and uh, I get this text on my phone from an Indianapolis number, and I don't have it saved. So I thought it was weird. I got like, all right, I should know every Indianapolis number that is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, hey Robert, you know this is blah 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 with a player personnel. Can you meet me in the lobby? I ain't thinking nothing of it at that point. I'm like, sure. I, I and I was just signing stuff for like taxes and all that stuff like that and insurance. So I go there and I sit down in the chair and he was like, hey, I'll be back with you. The, the director of, of pro personnel, I think his last name was Barry, um, will be with you in a minute. He walked away and I had deja vu. Hard knocks. I said, oh, my God. Like, here we go. Like, here we, here we go. So I sat down, never sat down. And he, and he was like, hey, Robert, I uh, just want to let you know um, uh, we're going to release you. Um but I'm going to just let you know, man, it ain't nothing you did. He said, honestly, we think you got better and better and better every day you've been in, in, with us. Um, How but, do you process that, though? It's like, hey, you got better and better, but 
How how do you process someone telling, man, you did your best, but it wasn't enough? Like, man, this is one of many times. <laughs> That's what I'm uh. just saying. The first time it hit you because you like, man, like, but I'm like, in the back of my mind, that team that I told you that that was going to draft me, uh, I knew they were going to call. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just I just had a feeling, you know, and, and it's kind of where I want to be at. Well, anyway, um, it, it, it's not good, man. You like, man, like. That's when the politics really get in. But not only that, the business of the NFL really kicks in at that point because you realize you could be performing your best, but the offensive lineman get hurt and they need to come in and bring an offensive lineman. It may be nothing you're doing, but you just you get the short end of the stick. Yeah. It ain't nothing you can do it's about it. it. Yeah, that's how it falls. It's a business. We got to do what we got to do to do to win games. We can like you. We can hate you. You know, what do we need? That's what we're going to do. So uh, I had 30 minutes to get out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my flight literally was leaving in 45 minutes. Uh, so I get there. I don't get to say bye to nobody. I get my stuff out of my locker. Um, you know, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was such a blur. I'll never forget. It was just such a blur. Um, i never forget this guy named Sean McGrath. McGrath. He was a tight end. You, you probably, everybody probably know. If you do know, he has a huge beard. And he just told me, he's like, man, there's 31 other teams out there. My mind just changed. I was like, yep, you know, right? You know, uh, you know, uh, you're right. You know, there's 31 other teams out there. Where's the pursuit stop? Like, how how far do you go before you're kind of like, oh, man, maybe this isn't going to work? And so most people don't know, man. From that was 2015. So I end up, you know, going to the Seattle Seahawks off and on, off and on, off and on. I dealt with some medical issue when it came to my knee that we is something that wasn't there that what they thought um to be honest with you it never it never stopped you know because it goes back to what i told you my 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 pops man um i was like man how could i quit you see the emotions are coming back again but how could i quit when he never gave up on me and honestly i wanted to do it for him the most man i was like man like i can't give up but you want to let me tell you something that guy never told me to quit he never yeah. told me to stop. So many people like, man, just use your degree, go coach, and all this stuff like that. He said, you want to keep playing? I'm here to support you. You know, I'll never forget being in that yard. I'm back in St. George, South Carolina. And every single day, like literally, I will go work out at the hottest time of the day just to prove a point. Just to like, man, I'm, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. So it never stops. So through 16 and 17, I keep going. Um, and honestly, uh I never forget. Uh, I ended up doing pro day 2017, and I and I run like a four five seven four six one, which is as a veteran, all they care is like you don't run like a four seven or something like yeah. that. They're like, oh, okay, cool. And I had so many people like, man, you look you look like you a cornerback out there, man. You look good, you look good, and nothing happened, man. I was like, man, what is going on? Like, what like, do I have to do? Yeah, what I gotta do? I, I just I just didn't understand. I mean, like. I thought I was going to end up going to the Lions. Um, Jim Carwell was there. I mean, he I mean, he pulled me up. Like, man, you look good. He's like, natural. I mean, he just came out of his way and came to talk to me. Um, uh, Austin, uh, I forgot his name. He was the defensive coordinator. He had liked me and everything like that. But it just nothing could shake. You know, we just couldn't shake anything. They just didn't have a real true need at that position. But um, I never forget, that's a year. I don't even know if they still do this. That's the year they started back at the Veterans Combine for the NFL. Okay. And boy, did I blew that up. Uh, when I say blew up, not a good way. I mean, I, I I didn't even check my number. I just didn't feel right. Yeah. But you know what? After that, I kind of just knew something. And, and I went to these, I went to a couple Canadian workouts, and I killed those, you know. But it was just something reoccurring that kept going on, kept going on. Where I was just like, something ain't right, you know. Like, what what 
let, let me settle down, guy. Like, let, let me do something. Like, what, what are you trying to tell me? And mm-hmm. I'll never forget, man, it was a Wednesday night. I got on my knees and I prayed. And I said, God, tomorrow, um, if I don't get a call, if I don't get a text, something that's saying, hey, we want you, we flying in tomorrow, I have that much faith in you, I'm going to transition from football. Didn't tell my pops, didn't tell my coaches, didn't tell nobody. That's a decision that I made on my own because uh, I wanted what, what God wanted for me. And I told him, if you want me to flip burgers, I'm going to flip burgers. If you want me to be a coach, if you want me to be a teacher, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm done. Like, I'm taking my hand off the wheel. I can't take this no more. Like, I was an emotional wreck. Like, yeah. most people didn't know that because I can, you know, I, I keep stuff together pretty good. But it got to the point, anxiety, can't sleep. And, you know, you know, after, you know, looking forward, I was in a mild form of depression. I didn't even know it. You know, I, I didn't because I was upset with myself. I was upset with the NFL. I was upset with God. Um, and then um, I woke up the next morning. I usually wake up like five thirty, six o'clock every morning. I woke up 8 o'clock that day to give the phone extra time for a text to yeah. be on there. Blank. I cried so hard. Yeah. Because I made myself a promise. I made myself a, a promise to God. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make that transition. Did oh, it become my. real right there? Yeah, it, it just became real. I was just like, am I really going to do this? You know, like, am I, am I really going to, you know, put put away so much work I did? I mean, I mean, I mean, you can ask Joe Don Reams that is at TNT Sports and Anderson, the countless amount of days that I went in there and trained, the days that I went and drove 35 minutes, spent four hours. I mean, it was days that I was wake up, 5.30, go to the indoor facility, work out, go home, be at Jodan's at 10, work out, and later on that night, I'm working out again. From 2015 to 2000, mid-2017, I only had 18 days when I did not work out. Hmm. And so uh, to feel like you're throwing that all away yeah. when you worked so hard for a dream was hard. But more importantly, what hurt so much, I felt like I was let my dad down. You know, um, he was the main force, and and not only that, I you know it was situations like I mean, like Grady Jarrett. You know, I remember we were just sitting in the apartment, man, doing these push-ups, man. Like we gonna dominate the NFL. You know, we gonna be there. We gonna be there for each other. I felt like I was letting him down, and uh, and actually, I wasn't letting nobody down. You know, um, my dad was still gonna be there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grady was still gonna be there for me. They just want what was best for me. Um, but yeah, that that, that was that day I did it. I cried and. Uh, I'll never forget, I got a call from my dad. I cried to him. I cried to my mom. Nobody knew this. It's just just God working. Coach Sweeney called me. Coach Reed called me. Coach Dan Brooks called me, who who recruited me to come to Clemson. Everybody. You know, so this is God working now. You know, like, hey, do what you got to do. Work. You know, you'll figure it out. Uh, I went to a Canadian tryout for the Edmonton Eskimos in Atlanta. And um, I killed it. I mean, I'll just be honest. I killed it. But then I ran into the situation. And they wanted me. I'll never forget the guy named Paul or something like that. He said, well, Robert, you know we got a ratio of American to Canadians in this league, right? I'm like, no. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want the best players? <laughs> Couldn't go. i never forget driving home. Um, I'm driving home from Atlanta, going back to Clemson. And I get this text on my phone from Allison Waymeyer, who was at the time was with Clemson. And um, she was like, uh, I think I got an opportunity for you. So mind you, let me tell you this story real quick. Yeah. That 
Wednesday or Friday, I can't remember, before I went to that tryout in Atlanta, Allison, I, I told him I was transitioning away from football. Jeff Davis wanted me. He was another person who called me. And I'll tell him I was transitioning from, and he was like, hey, you ever met Allison? So the first time I met Allison, she gives me an opportunity. She said, well, I was just talking with the Carolina Panthers. Would you want to work in the NFL? Yeah, sure. Like, why sure. wouldn't I? Like, yeah, I can't, I can't play it. Why not be in it? She said, well, how about this? They're looking for a PR position. You'll be an intern. We were making like $5.25 an hour, working about 70 to 60 hours a week. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. I mean, I ain't. Sorry. I, yeah, I, I can go to Chick-fil-A. Um, but anyway, so I get this text from her, and she said, Robert, I think I got an opportunity for you. I need you to be here Wednesday at 1130. And um, she was like, and I was like, so what is it? I was like, sure. She was like, it's this company called N2 Publishing. What they want me to do, management? Like, yeah, like, sure. Like, I mean, I, I ain't going for no pennies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I looked it up. It was like some publishing company. And I still couldn't get a good grasp on it. I was like, what is this? So I'll never forget, man. It was, it came Wednesday, and I was contemplating so bad. I was like, man, I ain't doing this. Like, no, nah, I want to play football. Like, this ain't this ain't what? This ain't going down. You're pushing back again. Yeah, and I, I was just like, man, this this ain't happening. Ain't up going, and I was about to walk out. And I saw Coach Sweeney. He's like, oh, are you going in that meeting, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So I walk in there. So mind you, the guy that who was there, he had no idea I was supposed to be there at all. He had no idea. Um, but I sit there in the meeting. But, man, when I tell you something went over my heart, and it was like the game of football. And it ain't nothing in this world that ever grabbed my heart like football in my life. Mm-hmm. Um Sorry, girls, um, but <laughs> it ain't nothing in this world that uh, grabbed my my uh, my my heart like that, and I felt that same feeling. And then when I went home, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop researching it. It was just something about it. I, I had no idea. I mean, you'd be talking a magazine essentially mm-hmm. and football, the completely different, you know, uh, entities. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. It was just completely different. Uh, my major wasn't in no marketing, no sales, no business or nothing. I was a health science major. Um, but it kept growing on my heart, kept growing on my heart. And um, i never forget, I needed that one approval. You know, that one one approval was my pops. And i would never forget, I was home and I was like, so uh, I think I found this opportunity. Um, I think I'm going to be working with this magazine. Uh, how you feel about that? So I kind of had a copy of it. I start showing him. He was like, he asked me all these questions, and and he was like, "What I got to do? Like, what? <laughs> what you mean? What you got to do? Like, what I got to do? That's what you want to do. Let's go." That then and there, that's how I knew my dad wanted me just to be happy. He wanted his son to be happy. I thought by him telling him that I was transitioning away from football, I thought that was going to break our bond. I was like, man, this is what this is us. Like, this is these are those long car rides. This is um late night. These are early mornings. Sleds, this, yeah, these sleds. I mean, these all that money we put in the football. That's what made us. But then that's when you feel, realize that man, I got a special dad. And I always tell people, if you think your dad better than mine, I will argue and I probably will fight you because. <laughs> And my dad's like Superman to me. And um but anyway, so I never forget that he said that and um contacted into we did the interview 
Um, and the rest is just history, man. Um, I'm in a position now that I never, I mean, I never even dreamed of. I never thought I would be in this position through into and me as a business person at all. I mean, honestly, I thought in order to be in a position that I had to be in, I had to being in some kind of huge corporation or I had to do this, this, and that. So, I mean, it's it just crazy how God works. And when hindsight, looking at it, God kept bringing me back to Clemson. And most people don't know I went back and forth from Seattle a lot of times. And I kept wondering, why I keep coming back here? Why? But now looking at it, he had something waiting for me. He yeah. had something that was for me. And me being in the NFL was something that I wanted. He just wanted to give me a taste of that. Hey, I'm going to give you what you want, but I'm going to – put you where you need to be at in order to impact and what you really need to do in life and i always tell people all the time people always ask me are you gonna play football again i mean you look like you still play you, you train all the time i said man god's will yeah. you know if god won't put me there and he has a plan he already showed me he he got he knows what's best for me and we you know i don't know you know well like i tell you again you send me another philadelphia eagles you need somebody Come call me, you I've know. Been <laughs> I've been waiting, you know. That's that's the, I, I want, I'm a I'm a Phillies man. I'm a the only and ironically, looking back in life, you know, it's only been one. You never heard me. You never hear me saying. I, you haven't heard me talk about one football player that I idolize. It's only been one football player that I ever idolized, ever, mm-hmm. that I want to be like. And you know, I played quarterback. It was Brian Dawkins. For some reason, I love watching Brian Dawkins play when I was a kid. Now I was a quarterback. I could, I didn't idolize no court, no Peyton Manning, no nothing. Yeah. And uh so ironically looking back on the hindsight how how God works, and just like Coach Sweeney all says, and my phrase is God never says oops. And uh nothing's ironic. So I ended up going to Clemson. I was not a Clemson fan growing up. Uh I ended up playing safety. Uh obviously I was a quarterback all my life. I didn't wear 20, but out of the respect of Brian Dawkins, I had an opportunity to wear number 20. I just chose not to. Um, but anyway, and the first team to ever call me was Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but just, you know, everybody saw that just a coincidence, blah, blah, blah. No, there's no coincidences at all. Um, I mean, I just, crazy. I just saw Brian Dawkins last week, you know. Um, we, we're good friends now. Um, but it's it just crazy, man. Um how, how God works and the the things that he kept showing me, like, man, why, why keep coming back to Clemson? He had something waiting for me and something that was my role. We all have different roles in this in this world. And we all can't be the football player. We can't be the basketball player. We can't be the news anchor. You yeah. know, uh, we have to play the role that God has planned for us because, you know, it's like this guy told me. I never I was going through all that stuff, couldn't really grasp my my way around life, like what's really going on. I wrote the book. Like I, I, I had high performance. Mm-hmm. I played football. Um, I did it the right way. No problems. No character problems. Um, like why? And uh, this guy told me. I never. He was a pastor. He said, "God was inside with you inside your mother's womb," and he already wrote the story. Yeah, he and had it, it ready. He had it ready. So the minute you realize everything you're going through in life. It's a reason why. Even if it's the good time, it's the bad time. It's a reason why. Just grab onto that. You know, and that's when life will get better. You when you had that understanding, um, it'll be better. You know, like, oh, today, uh, uh, my car broke down. You don't look at it as like, oh man, like this is another problem. Like, well, God, what are you trying to do? It's something that you 
put me through this. You want me here? Yes, yeah, it's, it's something that you put me through. Um, so that was just when, when you look at life that way. Life is a whole lot easier. Life is hard, but life is a whole lot easier when you look at it from that perspective. And me transitioning into, and I'll never forget that day that I decided to say yes to into. Because to be honest with you. NT wasn't looking for me. I definitely wasn't looking for them at all. You probably heard me say that a million times. I'll say it a million times. Well, for some reason, when I decided to make that transition and being a business owner and doing what I was doing, that depression that I had that I didn't know that I had, I felt like a weight off my chest. I was just like, man, like, this is a different feeling. I mean, I ate a hamburger for the first time in three years, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I mean, just enjoying life more. Yeah. And, um, I always tell people, how I would have put it in the NFL? I don't know. I mean, I'm, if I wasn't going to NFL now, I'd be smart with my money. I was already talking about buying an Audi. And I didn't know how much Audi cost. I was yeah. just like, man, I, yeah, I just wanted it. And then hindsight, I still got the same car that I had in college, mm-hmm. you know, and, and nothing happened to it yet. So why would I get an Audi? You know, just things like that, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was just, man, like. God is good. I always tell people that. So what's the, the parting advice you'd give to anybody <laughs> listening right now, whether they're, they're 18, 19, heading into college themselves, or even people in the professional world right now that aren't sure if their current job is the end-all, be-all, or if they're kind of feeling kind of the, the pushback that you, you felt first when you were resisting com- becoming a safety, and then after when you were kind of not necessarily resisting what was out there, but yeah. trying to push into the NFL. What advice would you give somebody that's kind of like, for some reason, they don't feel comfortable where they are? Man, uh, God never says oops. That's my thing, and I truly believe that. God never says oops. Everything that you experience and everything you're going through, uh, it's a reason why. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, look yourself in the mirror. Am I doing everything I could be doing? Am I doing stuff the right way? Am I positioning myself to be where I want to be at. When I was going through all that stuff, playing football, I worked out every day. I ate right. I went to countless different workouts. I mean, I was doing Canadian workouts with, and I hate to say it, people who probably could never play football. I'm talking about the worst football athletes in my life I've ever seen, but just out there with 200 people on a Saturday, and it's like 110 degrees on turf. You know, uh, I'm I'm going this place. I'm spending that kind of money. The money, I didn't care about the money. I tell everybody, I play football and I want to play football because I love the lives that I could impact when it came towards that. Um, it meant so much to me. You know, like I knew that St. George was going to benefit from that because that was going to make another kid want to pursue their dreams. They they was going to know that it was possible. I knew that, you know, my dad was going to benefit from that. I knew that the, I was going to impact so many people. The money, of course, I wouldn't pay for, play for like a couple of dollars, but I could have played for the bare minimum in the NFL. I love everything about it. But going back to what you were saying, uh, everything you're feeling you're going through is for a reason. Gravi- gravitate towards that. Hold on to that and, and really just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Look, the doors are open. Um uh life ain't over uh life is hard one thing i learned life is hard uh man paying taxes on a business ain't easy either uh you know but but everything you experience and just just gravitate towards like why am i going through this yeah. you know am i'm doing everything i can possibly do and if i do 
if I am doing everything I can do, why do I have a reason to hang my head? The day when I let football go, you know, people always ask me, like, you know, do you want to get back into it? Or do you feel any kind of regrets? I'm like, man, I did every, I turned over every stone. I was trying to do everything that I possibly can. I don't have nothing to hang my head on. I just, I mean, things didn't go my way, um, but I don't have nothing to hang my head. I truly don't. I don't have shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I don't say if I would have did this, I would have did that. You know, um, I say if I would have known, but we always going to say that if I would have known what I know now, like you had old folks, if I would have known now what I know then. um, But just keep pushing, man. Like I always tell people, you know, um, things ain't always going to go your way. And don't be jealous of other people's lives. Life is truly a marathon and not a sprint. Some of the same people who went into the league um, that I thought was ahead of me in life, they're not ahead of me. You know, if not, I'm probably ahead of them. And that's not what life about. You're not competing against other people. You really, you compete against yourself. How can I be the best version of me? How can I, you know, set an example for the next person? How can I, you know, put a smile on somebody else's face? And I think that's more than anything what I do through my publication, Elevation Living, that goes to the cliffs. What I realize, what I'm doing now I'm making so many more people better. I'm creating relationships because it's not just print advertising. I tell people all, the, all that all the time. What I'm trying to really do is create, you know, a, a community. I'm trying to p- pull them together. I'm trying to build a local businesses and give them the opportunity to meet some great residents and have some residents meet some great businesses and do things the right way. Uh, not over promising, um, but just just just. As long as you keep doing things the right way, uh, have faith. You you can you can go through a really hard time. I went through three years of, like I said, a mild depression. I didn't know it, but if you just keep pushing, and you know, gotta open the door when it's time for you to for him to unveil what you have. And am I supposed to be a publisher slash owner of a magazine for the next fifteen twenty years? I don't know. You know, like right now, but this is where God has placed me and. Uh, every day. I mean, I, if I'll be lying to you if I say I, every day, I don't wish I can play. Every day when I'm training, I don't say, man, somebody's going to call me, you know, but I don't I don't feel bad about it anymore. I, I, I'm at peace at what I'm doing, um, but I stay ready. Uh, <laughs> I stay ready. Um, but yeah, but it, it's just one of those things, man. It's just uh, I, I always tell people that whatever you're going through, just just keep pushing, keep pushing. Uh, I never heard this saying until I was going through what I was doing. Push, pray until something happens. And uh, you probably, a lot of people probably heard that before, but I truly believe that. Um, I would never be where I'm at if it weren't for God. Um, I remember getting on my knees and just praying this morning, like, man, God, thank you. Thank you. You know, thank you for not giving up on me. He won't, no matter who you are, he's not going to give up on you. Um, but that's the biggest advice, man. Um, just be the best you can be every single day you wake up. You know, don't let somebody tell you you can't. Or you can't be this and don't think just because one door closes that another one's not going to open. Um, don't think just because, you know, you dream of being an actor and, and, and now you're working at Verizon that, you know, your life is over with. I'm still accomplishing the same kind of dreams and doing a lot of the things that, uh, I was doing as a football player, but just in a different way. I'm impacting the world in a different way because we got enough football players out there. Yeah, we do. But maybe we need somebody else in this other field to impact people in a different way, and that's okay. You know, we don't. You don't always gotta have the notoriety of uh, of of uh, somebody famous. It ain't always it ain't always good to be famous. You know, I always tell people that. But um, now I can go on and on, man. Mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, it's just, <laughs> man. I can. 
we'll have to have like a part two or yeah, something. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. And I got to say, there, there are, are a few people I've met on this planet that have the work ethic that you have and, and being able to look back and, and see the work you've put in to something. And like you said, no regrets. When you, yeah. turn, when you turn over every stone and you put in that work and you put in that dedication, you know, you gave it your 100%. You gave it your best. And there's nothing to look back at as, oh, if I only did one more of this, there's none of that because you gave yourself 100% to the sport of football. And I think that's where the closure is. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I tell people all the time, man, if, if it's something that I didn't do, man, let me you know. I'll go back and do it. Yeah. Uh, you talking about a guy, if I miss one rep of benching, I'm mad. You know, I always tell people I'm upset. Like, I I, I do not like not giving my best. You yeah. know, I tell people all the time, even in this business where if I know by the time I lay my head down at night, I gave it my all. I did what I can. Um, I don't, I don't have no regrets. You know, I don't, my, my biggest strength is my biggest weakness. I work too hard is, which is my biggest strength. I work hard and my biggest weakness, I don't know when to cut it off. Everybody will tell you that like, man, you need to stop. You need to stop. But I always just want to be my best. Like I'm always trying to figure out, you know, I'm a small town kid. Um, and I'll never forget that. Um, Man, I just want those people to be proud. I want them to have something they can look forward to. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, man, you, I heard, I learned so much at Clemson in general, man. I always tell people, man, if you got a chance to go to Clemson and this ain't no recruiting pitch, <laughs> man, if you got a chance to go to Clemson and especially and, and be around that coaching staff and Dabo Sweeney, man, you're going to learn more than just football. You're going to be prepared for life better than most people coming out of playing football, but it's something he always said, and he used to give us these cards. Your your action impacts so many other people than yourself. Yeah. And I never forget that. Like, man, like this impact my dad, you know, all kind of different things. So, but, uh, man, it's going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I appreciate you. There is so much value in this episode. And I I have a feeling this is going to be playing for a while with some people and they're, they're going to be loving all just, I mean, your story, everything yeah. you shared, and and really just some key points, man. First and foremost, the work ethic. Secondly, you know, not giving up and having that partner, your dad, and, and really your road dog from the yeah. start to the finish was great. Folks, if you made it to the end, thank you so much for the time. Rob, thank you for the time and sharing your story with our listeners. And, and if you're out there and you're pushing through, just trust the process. Trust yeah. God. Jesus, take the wheel. You know, don't resist and just... Go confidently into to whatever's pulling you in your way. We always say this at the end of the episode. Everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow.